Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. This is episode number 156, and we are in, or I am in, the new, coming to you live from, well, recorded live, from the KM Studios in beautiful downtown Leesburg, Virginia. It's our new home for Mm -hmm. the moment, and I think it's going to work good. Hopefully, things will work out. And I'm in the studio with Jessica. What's up, Jessica? Hey. <laughs> we got audio good. It, if you I can, hope it's good. <laughs> uh, this fancy microphone. Yeah, we're, it's only going to get better. We're going to work through these things. It's going to be awesome. Um, it's just a matter of time. We just got to figure it all out. But um, And it sounds way better right now already, just so you know. But... Um, <laughs> Hey, I, I wanted to do a shout out. I don't typically do shout outs, but I wanted to do this shout out because one of our listeners was water baptized today and um, oh. he probably doesn't even want, I'm not going to say his name, um, but because uh, I just, I didn't get permission to do that, but um, I just want to say congratulations. And he was in a most blessed way baptized with his brother alongside of him. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Very, very cool. And he knows who he is. He listens. And uh, so just another one of those beautiful things <laughs> that um, we get to just see happen, you know. Um, d- the digital age is amazing, huh? <laughs> so I wouldn't even have his friendship if uh, if I didn't. Uh, if, if, if I mean, it's just crazy. Anyways, I just wanted to say that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is our first time as just you and me. And no Rosie. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but um, so it's, you know, it's pretty fun trying to get used to um, a new, you know, working together and stuff. And so as a listener, I just want to thank anybody who's new, who's, you know, Jessica came in and uh, instantly we gained like hundreds of followers on Instagram for the All Out War Instagram <laughs> account. And uh, so um, I... I think that we may have have some new listeners as well from from that, and I just want to welcome you if you're listening for the first time. There's a huge catalog that you can go back and listen to, and there's plenty of, I think, three or four now that with Jessica, so you can binge on hers, or mm-hmm. you can listen to me and Rosie back in the day. We were not that bad. We still we still had uh, <laughs> episodes <laughs> that were worth listening to. I love all of those. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're endorsed by Jessica, so that's good. <laughs> But that's we why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So um, we're going to have a great episode tonight. It's going to be pretty cool, and it's bizarre mm-hmm. for sure. So um, <laughs> what I like to say is uh, sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. So you said that, um, you always say this, it's too slow, it's too slow, the music, the intro music. (laughs) And uh, it's funny, uh, these people that listen to the podcast on double speed, I don't get it. Like, I don't know how you do that. My ears don't function at that speed. It makes everything, everybody's like getting to the point so I can move on with my life. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Okay. Well, with that, with that mindset, let's just get to the point then. Here we go. Um, 
that offensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were telling me about this guy, Doug Ramsey, that you'd heard a story about? Yeah. What yeah. So Doug Ramsey, apparently he's the former CEO. COO. I don't even, what does that stand for? COO? It's uh, chief operating officer. Yes. That's, that's the CEO, COO of beyond meat. Um, if you haven't seen those, um, Kim Kardashian <laughs> commercials, go look them up cause they're ridiculous, but it's like meat, fake meat. Um, I think they say it's like plant-based or whatever, but um, nothing I'll ever eat, but, um, it's funny. Cause like in, in the commercial, she's like not even eating it. And she's like, this is delicious. Like she takes like a bite and there's not, not a bite in the burger. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Tuck Ramsey, um, he got into like this scuffle of like, um, road rage or something after this game, football game or something. And he bit off the guy's nose. The article says it's, it, he tore the flesh. <laughs> Someone that doesn't like meat biting off people's noses. Yeah, that's very strange. Um, it, it, it fits perfectly with what we're going to talk about tonight. So that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And what's hilarious about this whole, there's just so much irony in this story because number one, it's beyond meat, which is not meat. They call it beyond meat. Like it's some next level protein or something like that. No, no. Mm -hmm. It's soy and who knows what else, probably, you know, other gross things. But, um, that's disgusting. Yeah. But the irony is that this dude who is the chief operating officer of a company that sells fake meat chews off the nose of, of somebody in a fit of rage. <laughs> and you know, he had like, he probably had like batches and batches of that near meat or whatever, the beyond meat in his freezer at home, you know, right. in his fridge. So I would yeah. say, hey, look, it's probably not going out on a limb to just say, I bet you that this beyond meat causes rage in people. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, and maybe there's some hidden ingredient in this beyond meat that we don't know about. Ooh, good point. Good point. And that's why vegans are so, that, I say, that's why vegans uh, are always so mad, right? They're always so angry and protesting and stuff. <laughs> that's a, um, totally unrelated that, um, there is this disease that you can get if you eat human um, yeah, make you, makes you ragey. So oh, there's, well, maybe he well, has like a bad habit that he doesn't want to share or, well, I don't know. I mean, obviously he has anger management issues, so he's probably going to, you know, some kind of rehab, but all I'm saying is I'm not going to eat that no, beyond me. <laughs> no, no, it's gross. It looks gross. It smells gross. And, uh, no, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll pass. I'll stick to the, in fact, I had a really nice filet last night and, uh, cooked it on the grill it was amazing so i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know why anybody would want to do anything else but um <laughs> so we're going to talk about cannibalism tonight and it's uh <laughs> it's a meaty topic to say the least <laughs> but uh 
I did a little bit of research on this. I'm going to just jump in with some of my stuff and and then mm-hmm. you jump in when you want and then um, I'll go through my my stuff. I don't have a ton of stuff, you know, a ton of notes on here, but w- mm-hmm. when you do a, a like an etymology research on the word a search on the word cannibalism, um, most of your um, you're going to come up with is that it was, you know, it's derived from this Caribbean island, you know, um, this tribe of, mm-hmm. you know, these natives from the Caribbean island. And it's it's basically derived from this word carib. And it's, they attribute it to Christopher Columbus when he learned about these natives in off the coast of Cuba. And it basically was the Caribs, the Caribbeans, the Kabbalis, the and then finally the cannibals is where they get to this. And hmm. um, they were thought to be man-eaters, and the word cannibal means man-eater. But it was established in Europe around the middle of the 16th century where it kind of became popular. So much after Columbus was, you know, around. But they... I'm going to show you that it's probably deep. The word, the phrase comes back from even further back, uh, much, much earlier than when they started using it in the 1600s or 1400s. What, 1492 when uh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue? Mm-hmm. Is that what they tell us? But, <laughs> but there's like, there's a, there's like five basic, like, um, definitions or, or like uses of cannibalism. It's really weird. So, uh, there's endocannibalism, which is um, it refers to the consumption of members of one's own group. So, like if you were some weird native tribe, like um, maybe you would eat your own. <laughs> why I don't okay. know. They don't say why, but endo. Endo, yeah, like e n d o cannibalism. Okay. And then there's exo cannibalism, right. which is when you consume outsiders of your group, which is more typical, right? That's what you mostly think yeah. about. Then there's mortuary cannibalism, which is, oh, yeah, I know that's the one where it's like, um, where there's like funeral rites and through the funerals, they eat in sort of this honor and, and there's oh. all in like affection. And then there's this weird like system where they would put it together as like a form of like, um, like a ritual to honor the person. So it's like more of a honorable thing and then there's warf so they eat after they're dead yes well yes yeah that's disgusting so it's a funeral thing so um as a rite of well like so the the guy he dies naturally and then they eat him that's what it seems like like yeah okay yeah that's okay yeah i didn't i didn't uh dive into these definitions too much but um then there's (laughs) (laughs) there's warfare cannibalism and that's the consumption of enemies so that makes sense. And um, basically, it's like exhibiting power over the defeated foe. And so like, haha, I eat your mm-hmm. brains or whatever. Um, and then there's survival cannibalism, which you, you might be too young. But I remember specifically, there was a plane crash. And I think it was like the early, late 80s, early 90s. And they, in order to survive, they had to eat people <laughs> on the, from the mm-hmm. plane. They crashed in the Andes Mountains. But survival cannibalism is when you consume the weaker individuals, either the old, sickly, or the very young, the, those that can't really protect themselves or defend themselves, so that you don't starve mm-hmm. to death. So it's like shipwrecks, uh, famines. There's actually a story in the Bible, um, uh, yeah, where they surrounded the city of Jerusalem. 
and they were going to attack mm. and they knew they were going to die. They cut off their water supply and they, they were going to eat their, eat their babies. Um, the babies, yeah. Yeah. So that, which is, which is there, but I think there's an, a sixth category that they didn't mention and I think they need to mention it. And mm-hmm. it's what I have dubbed. And this is a Turner, you know, all at war. So if you ever hear this somewhere, it came here first. Uh, I call it <laughs> spiritual cannibalism. And and it's mm. and I would say it's the act of murder and consumption for the purpose of gaining unseen power and the use of, of uh, the blood and parts. And especially as the, a word that you'll know and our listeners will know, adrenochrome. So... Um, I would say that there's a spiritual cannibalism aspect that is not been mm-hmm. really noticed, and it's definitely not being noticed in our public today. As this is it becoming mm-hmm. a more popular topic and and uh, menu item, I guess. But um, so, you want me to keep going? So wait, so it's that third one though. I'm just going to go back to that. One. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mortuary cannibalism. Like, I know you did not, but like, like I hope that they. Like, do they freeze the body and then like, or like, cause, huh. or is it like immediate? Like, okay, he's dead. Like order up. So or is it like, I, cause old meat is like gross even when it's human. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You're asking me questions. I don't know. Uh, I know you don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I mean, my, so here's my thought on it. My thought. So say it's like, um, some kind of king, some very you know respectable person and in this weird Mm -hmm. twisted way when they pass they would have this ritual as a funeral probably fairly soon after the death so that they can bring that body in and then they can um you know do the cannibalism act to it so can you imagine like your family members like showing up at the hospital with forks and knives like (laughs) he's like i'm not even dead yet I'm not even dead. I'm mostly dead, right? <laughs> They're like sharpening the knives, like, you know, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a bizarre thing altogether. Like I, like personally me, I've been, I've done fat. Like I did a 20 day fast one time where I didn't, all I did was drink coffee and water for 20 days. And I was really hungry, but I never once thought about eating a person. Like, now I may have looked at like, like um, I remember I saw a goose, like a Canadian goose, like a Canada goose or whatever, walking across the road, and I remember <laughs> thinking I should take it out with my car and like just take it home. But that's it. No people, no cannibalism. I feel like that's fairly normal. Yeah, that's like just normal hungry starvation thing. But I would never like look at my one of my kids and be like, well, he can't defend himself, and I am pretty hungry. Um, so, so I did find a really interesting factoid, and this is really interesting. So the Roman Empire, for the most part, um, they were trying to get rid of cannibalism in the Roman Empire, and it was a holdover from the previous empire the Greeks and some of the, even the, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the, the group that was in control as the handoff of the Greeks. It was like during, like towards Mm -hmm. the end of the time of when Daniel was written. And, and so basically these, there was a lot of cannibalism that came through on a certain part of the Roman empire. Just, they despised it and they were trying to get rid of it. And when Christianity Mm -hmm. jumped onto the scene, 
there was this like um, misunderstanding, and you'll under, you'll get this as soon as I mention it. But there was this misunderstanding that they thought that Christians were cannibalistic because of the Eucharist, you know, the 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 oh, Lord's right. Supper, mm-hmm. and um, so they thought that the worshippers were consuming ritual substitutes of the body and blood of Christ, which it is. It's a in in memory of it's not the act we, we don't believe in transubstantiation mm-hmm. you know we're not catholic but, unless you're catholic right yeah and they do but um but the early christians were called cannibals by the romans because of the eucharist or because of the lord's supper you know the, you know mm-hmm. and um so <laughs> i thought that was really weird and the christians would call the romans cannibals because they would roast their victims on the stake when they were doing the persecutions so there's a little bit of, you know, back and forth there. So some weird cannibalism, little factoid there. But mm-hmm. so I'm going to, I've got like two more things that I'm going to share and then I'm just going to give it to you because you you have good stuff, <laughs> okay. but, and then we can just go back and forth. So I yeah. think that the likely or the origins of cannibalism goes all the way back to Genesis chapter six. And the reason yep. I say that is because, and in, in our listeners are familiar with Genesis 6. Genesis 6 is the fallen angel event where, you know, the, the fallen angels came down to Mount Hermon. And they found that the daughters of men were attractive. And so they wanted to take for them wives of their own. And the result of that was what we get is the Nephilim, right? And so there's no surprise mm-hmm. that the Nephilim, you know, there was all these characteristics of the Nephilim, and that's the result of Genesis 6, and, you know, being the offspring of, you know, they're hybrids, half, half fallen angel, half human, and we know that they were vicious, evil, they were, you know, known to have six fingers, six hands, uh, six fingers, and extra rows of teeth, and that they also yeah. were cannibals. And we get that information about the cannibalism from the book of Enoch. Now, I need to preface this because I don't want our listeners to uh, misunderstand. The book of Enoch is not canon. It's not It's not part of the Bible. I, we've covered this before, but right. you, you should know that it is quoted in the New Testament, both mm-hmm. by Jesus and Peter and Jude. So it's not like it's something that is not respectable or... It's just not canon. So we just got to say that, that mm-hmm. they didn't choose that to be part of the whole of the Bible of the Old and New Testament. And there I mean, were... It's not thus as the Lord. Right, right. Now, there were copies that were found with the Dead Sea Scrolls in the 1940s, and uh, those copies were um, pretty accurate to what we already had. And, and we knew that they were ancient because we also found copies of the Gospels and other New Testament writings um, that the Essenes mm-hmm. were able to preserve. But um, there is something in the book of Enoch, and it's actually called the book of giants. It's a part of the book of Enoch. And I just want to read one small chapter from it because this is going to show you mm-hmm. kind of an, what they – this is what they would have believed in Jesus' time because that would have been part of their mm-hmm. theology. So um, it just says that uh, in Enoch chapter 7, it just says each of the 200 th- – these would be the 200 fallen angels that came down to Mount Hermon. It says, each of the 200 chose a wife for himself, and they began to go into them and mate with them, and they taught them sorcery and enchantments and the cutting of roots, and they made them acquainted with plants. These women became pregnant and gave birth to great giants whose height reached up to 3,000 L's. An L is about the same as a cubic, so 
We're talking 40 to 50 foot tall. Uh, these giants consumed mm-hmm. all the food. And when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against the men and devoured mankind. They also began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and devour one another's flesh and drink the blood. And then the earth laid accusation against the lawless ones. So according to the book of Enoch, these giants, they they were the first to really introduce cannibalism. That's the first that we would see it in that Genesis 6 era, you know, that time frame. And so I think that it became the practice of the giants because if 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 what Enoch says has accuracy to it, which I think it does, um, we don't really know anything else about that era of Genesis 6 other than what Enoch's given mm-hmm. us and some other, other writers. But we know that at Genesis 6 also was given to us all of these other false religions. So you have all of the religions that come forth that lead up to prior to when we Israel become, meets Yahweh and worships Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And so cannibalism was a part of that. And mainly it would go, it would follow itself as a thread all the way through to the Canaanite religion, which is interesting because the Canaanites um, don't, weren't typically given to cannibalism, but they did have an act of, they had an act of cannibalism and they had a, a sacrifice of human sacrifice that was required occasionally. So you get to one of their lesser gods named Baal, B-A-A-L. Most people know Baal. And I found this other nugget, and I'm just going to share it now because I'm almost done, and <laughs> then I'm going to give it to you. I'm not trying to dominate. I hate I hate when one person dominates, but I just have these notes I want to go through. And this is the cool nugget. So the area we call Israel today, um, in very ancient times, it was called Cana, and the people were called Canaanites, and they celebrated something called a great marriage feast. And so it was, it was, this feast was between God the Father and Mother Earth. And mm-hmm. um, basically it was to celebrate all of the light that the two of them had produced for us, like in terms of like goodness and blessing and all of those things. And so this ancient celebration was in the springtime and it was called the Marriage Feast of Cana. And this is where God's son was symbolically asked by Mother Earth to draw water and make it rain so that they could grow grapes, and then they could have this feast that would have wine. And it was called the Marriage Feast of Cana. So this is kind of crazy. So when I read that, I was looking into the Canaanites and the Canaan religions and stuff like that. And when I saw that, I was just like, wait, what the heck? And it reminded me of John chapter 2. And if you guys know the story of John chapter 2, it's apparently the first miracle that Jesus gives. And and I know this isn't cannibalism, but it's a pretty cool nugget, so people can use it if they want. <laughs> so his, fir- his first miracle that, apparently his first miracle that he records is where he turns water into wine. And he's at a wedding feast, and he turns the water into wine at the request of his mother, Mary. The wedding feast is in a place called Cana. And when I... <laughs> Like when I read the what the feast was in ancient times in Cana, and then I read the first miracle in John chapter two, it like all kind of came together for me, and it kind of blew my mind. It's as if Jesus, it is insane, and it's as if Jesus himself was just saying to to everyone in that region, guess what? You guys used to worship 
and you used to ask the son of the father and the mother would ask the son of the father to, to make it rain so that grapes could grow. And I'm going to take water and turn it right into wine and it's going to be the best. It's almost like he was like symbolically slapping Baal in the face and, and the father God was named El, you know, and the mother goddess earth was Ashtoreth. So it's like he was just slapping them in right. the face. Now, I don't want people to miss the even more important symbology there that was being, you know, that was being broadcast. And that was that mm-hmm. water to wine, right? And wedding feast and all right. these things. So these are all symbolic of future events that were going to happen. The water and the wine, you know, the priest used to wash themselves symbolically with ritualistically with water. But Jesus mm-hmm. was going to make a priest of his own, a priesthood of his own through the shedding of his blood. Wine in the communion yeah. service is symbolic of, of the blood of Christ. And so the water to wine was going to be an exchange for, you know, this this whole like ritualistic system that would only keep them clean for a little while. Whereas the blood, mm-hmm. the wine that God would give through his son, Jesus would clean us eternally so that all of our sins could be forgiven. Yeah. And it's going to be a great wedding feast, you know, that we get to see him <laughs> hopefully very soon, by the way. <laughs> I think so. But uh, Maybe they know. yeah, so that's the John, John 2, the real meat of John 2. <laughs> but I did mm-hmm. find that cool nugget about this thing with this Canaanite, you know, festival or whatever. Yeah. And it blew me away. That's the, like, intricacies. the intricacies of scripture, like there's just so much to it, you know? Yeah. Like, so much to learn and nothing this is the other thing jesus he said himself he said i only do the things i see my father doing i only say the things that the father tells me to say and so he only went where he was where god wanted him to go he only did what god wanted him to do he only said what god wanted him to say the father and so if he goes to his first miracle to cana like just think of how orchestrated all of that was by his heavenly father how like it was making a statement <laughs> without a doubt yeah and uh, mm-hmm. so, so, and it's one of those near far things, right? Like, so in the immediate, like anybody there in Cana, they probably still celebrated that spring festival at some level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the Israelites were they, knew about it, yeah, and they were an agricultural people. You know, they farmed, and mm-hmm. that was their main thing. And so, you know, they would have recognized that, and that was always the pool, right? Of Israel was to like not go and worship mm-hmm. the gods of the Canaanites and these other false gods, these idols, they were constantly being called back to worship Yahweh, you know, the one true God. So (laughs) anyways, let's get back to cannibalism and talk about what you had to say. (laughs) That's like the uh, Canaanites. That like just the the name too, like cannibal, Canaanites, like it's just... Yes. Crazy to me. That's, yeah, I I should probably (laughs) give Rosie props because he sent me that document and it was basically like the origins of the word possibly come out of the Canaanites. It's a mixture of Canaanites and Baal, cannibal. So mm-hmm. that was what the oh, right. yeah. So it was like the and Baal was the the secondary god. So like you had El, who was the chief god of the Canaanites, E L, and then you had mm-hmm. Baal, his son. So he was a pretty powerful yeah. deity in the sense that he was you know worshipped mm-hmm. and all. Yeah, that's a yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> and here, here we are, um, thousands of years later, and still, we're dealing with it. 
Yeah. And that's, uh, so just because I know, um, some of y'all that have been my followers, I have said several times that I, um, just note on the book of Enoch thing that I've never read it and, um, I had never planned to. And just in the sense of, I'm always constantly telling y'all to, to open up your scripture. And I had seen such a pull from, um, like a movement of mm-hmm. people like going to the knock and actually like saying it was scripture. I lost, um, some good friend, like, well, I mean, they fell away from, from God mm-hmm. because they got into this, like, you know, like Satan has a backup plan for his backup plan to deceive us, you know? And so anyway, um, so I saw a lot of deception coming along with people claiming Enoch as the word of God. And, um, we have to make sure that we know that <laughs> that uh, it is not scripture. Yeah, it is a book. It's a literature. It's literature that um, um, I know some solid people <laughs> like Turner and Rosie that um, that can treat it as such. Um, but it's not treated in that way a lot, and um, it's super frustrating <laughs> yeah. um, because it's just like because it's if it's out of scripture it's not inerrant and it's not um, something that's completely perfect. And yeah. that's where you need to be careful. Yeah. Um, anyway, but so the whole, like what you were saying with um, like uh, the blood and, and all of that stuff, I feel it like um, and well, even just the whole festival, like with Satan has to, like he is bent on mimicking God in everything mm-hmm. he does. And, um, taking something so sacred and making it to be that kind of thing, like, because he needed that for himself too. Like Satan needs to mimic God and everything. And I kind of wonder, like, um, just with the, you know, take this blood take and eat this bread. Like, mm-hmm. what is that for Satan? And it's gotta be this, like the adrenochrome kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder is this going to be part of, I mean, it's got to be like, we see it already. We see it here and we know like the world is set, getting set up for Babylon to arise again, to rise up and under the antichrist. And um, like, I wonder if it has anything to do with the mark. Like, I wonder if like his DNA is going to be part of it mm-hmm. or something like that. Like the antichrist, because like, I mean, we're using these baby cells in vaccines and stuff. And that's like, I wonder if, it's going to be some sort of his DNA mixed in with it because he's got to have something to infiltrate, infiltrate as Holy spirit infiltrates us, you know, like he has to mimic everything. Yeah. And I, I just, I think it has something to do with this blood stuff, the adrenochrome there. Um, Am I right? No, adrenochrome? no, you're right on with that because in what you said is right because God, Satan always will mimic or mock God. So mm-hmm. God sends Christ and Satan sends the Antichrist, right? So, like, he's mimicking. Mm-hmm. He has his version of a savior to the world, even yeah. though he has no right and cannot save anybody. Um, adrenochrome mm-hmm. is something that is promising, you know, these people that do it, it's promising them eternal life, right? Their eternal youth, if you will. And that's the appeal of it is that, like, oh, well, I'll, it'll keep me young. And the right. when we take communion... It's the remembering of the promise of eternal life that's been granted to us through the blood of through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, right? The perfect Son of God. Mm-hmm. So, 
and he was innocent too. That's the other thing. He was he was innocent of and not guilty of any sin. Adrenochrome it it basically preys on on the innocent children. You know, yeah. Not that they're sinless, mm-hmm. but they're innocent in the sense of of being a victim um, from that horrible, horrible, evil crime. Right. Yeah. It's the the perfect sacrifice, like this. Sinless. Um, I was just looking up Jeff Bezos. I always say his name wrong too. Bezos, Bezos, mm-hmm. Amazon guy. He um, last in twenty twenty one. He like did this crazy invest in, investing into age reversal. Um, to, like he's on the mission to. Um, to figure out eternal life. And I find it, I just find it interesting that like, that's like, that's his goal. And that's the goal of like, um, Satan mimicking God in promising eternal life in that way. And it's got to have something to do with the blood. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, you're talking about the DNA too. (laughs) So I found this, um, uh, okay, it's worse than like any. It's definitely not biblical. Okay, but I found this like <laughs> um, this. It was like an article that this guy wrote, and he is a Christian, but he was um, saying that before the fall, this is really weird, and I don't even. I'm hesitant to mention it, but I'll just our, <laughs> listener just don't. I'm not, this is not coming from me. I'm not endorsing this. I'm just saying that this is a postulation mm-hmm. from someone else. And he was basically saying that the DNA, you were talking about DNA, he was saying that the DNA was a triple helix before the fall and it became a double helix after the fall. And Mm -hmm. that when a person's born again, that they're given back that other helix strand, which it puts them into connection with God, uh, which they Mm -hmm. had lost at the fall. And there's no way to prove any of this, obviously, in we know because Jesus tells us in John chapter three that born again is a is a spiritual matter. It's not a physical matter. So your DNA is not spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's physical. It's the it's the literal literal fibers of your makeup, right? Of who you are as a human. Yeah. So, but Satan can't create, and he he's spiritual, but he can't create spirit, right? We know this because the fallen angels that were Satan was a fallen angel when they tried to mm-hmm. have offspring. Those offspring were not able to enter into heaven or hell. They are disembodied spirits now when they died. And that's why we have mm-hmm. demons. Um, you mm-hmm. can, that's why Heiser wrote his entire book, The Unseen Realm, because he's basically mm-hmm. explaining all of that. And uh, there's other great authors that have, have you know talked on that. But the DNA thing of it was interesting mm-hmm. because I wonder if, say, you're right about, because people were hitting around about the, the jab, you know, the jibby jab. That um, I don't Mm want to get removed from YouTube again. (laughs) So ridiculous. (laughs) But uh, people were were wondering, like, oh, and you you did a great um, reel on Instagram or a a story. Mm -hmm. uh, What do you call that when it's like a it's like a thing, a story that stays forever? Yeah, that's a reel. A reel. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Oh no, no, a highlight. 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 Yeah. Okay. You have a highlight on your. Instagram account that talks about what the ingredients could be of the of the jibby jab, the jibby jab. I call that. Oh, that was the real. That was the real. Yeah, um, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. See, that was 
yeah, it was like your um, your DNA changes the, the helix situation um, with the jab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like um, some sort of um, rock in it or meteorite or metal. Oh, that, graphene. Um, the, yeah. The graphene. And that's... Um, some like I'm forgetting the whole thing. Go, you guys, go watch the real. But it's like, um, <laughs> like you go back to the the history of it, of that, of the name of it all, and it comes back to um, the fallen angels, like um, because of stars falling off out of the sky, the fallen angels. That's mm. what the Bible describes it as. Yeah. The stars falling from the sky. Crazy, crazy connection there. Um. <laughs> And even on that reel, I, I said, if this isn't as us says the Lord, this is just something like it can't be proved, but like, isn't this interesting, you know, and people like really upset because <laughs> <laughs> it can't be proved. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we know that the vaccine is not a touchy subject at all with anybody. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> And that's, I, I want to make that clear too, that that, that is not, I, I feel like I say this every time, this is not the mark. <laughs> We're not in the seven year trip. Every, anytime you mention anything like connected to this, um, people flip out and say, Oh, you're, you're saying this is Mark or other people like, yeah, this is totally the mark. You should, you should say that. And I'm like, we're not there yet. We're not in the seven year tribulation. We're not in the middle of it where the antichrist has risen up and required this right. for you to bow down and worship to him. And get like until that happens, until someone is saying, "Hey, get this mark and worship me," um, that you're, we're not there yet. You can't accidentally get the mark. We are seeing the pre, the foreshadowing, the precursors, the steps that need to be taken to get humanity to that point. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Did, did you have any more? No, but on your- can I add to what you were just saying for a second? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this is important. It's important for people to understand. This is why eschatology is very, very important. And mm-hmm. I know we joke around a lot. You know, Rosie and I used to laugh a lot, and we have some ridiculous podcast episodes in the past that were just stupid, but they were fun. And I believe laughter is a <laughs> gift from God. But the reality is, is that there is an eschatology that needs to be recognized by believers. And if you understand how the end is supposed to happen, then you can recognize the signs that are being shown. Right now, mm-hmm. the system is being put in place. The beast system is being built. It's being implemented, and wherever it's, you know, wherever God permits it to be established and put in place, it is. Mm-hmm. So whether that's losing freedoms, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not entirely in place. And the beast system is what the Antichrist is going to use to do what he wants to do. So he's got to have a system yeah. in place, and so from. You know, just to piggyback off what you were saying, that that eschatology is very important, and the mm-hmm. it's possible that the whole entire response to the pandemic was part of creeping that into place, that B system into place, putting mm-hmm. putting implement implementations in and laws and things that would you know. Yeah, help that was it. it was it was all to get y'all compliant. Like it, like you you need a worldwide compliance. Mm-hmm. to um, to do what Antichrist needs to get done. And that just doesn't happen all of a sudden once the seven-year tribulation hits. It's got to gotta start somewhere. And it's been a slow creep into these foreshadowings, into these, like, like kind of like birth pains. 
um, ever <laughs> since 1948. If you guys got my Bible timeline, little plug in there, <laughs> you'll right. see the the history. Um, we are in severely um, specific season right now, days right now. But shall I continue with cannibalism? Yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> let's go. Um, I just wanted to reference. There's there's a few places in scripture that it does mention it um, semi specifically. I'll say <laughs> it doesn't say thou shall not eat human flesh, um, but it does say that in a way. <laughs> I guess it's the best way to explain it. But um, it's um, one I'll I'll say today is Second Kings six twenty eight through twenty nine. It's um, I'm forgetting the whole instance actually with the Israelites being taken over or like they were falling. It's like an apostasy. And, um, the Lord actually had said like, this would be the curse of that. Um, um, getting to a place of such desperation that they actually start, um, eating humans. Um, I wanted, I wrote this down right before, we got on here, but it said cannibalism was the physical horror which accompanied the spiritual horror of apostasy. So it's so interesting because we're in like the stage of apostasy right now. And um, you'll see after this little um, explanation just how primed we are right now to come to this modern cannibalism situation. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. like um, yeah. I know, I know it sounds crazy. Like how, like I hope it sounds crazy to you at least, but, um, but this is where the world is going. We're in neo paganism right now, which I wrote down the definition, the definition on, um, I don't know if it was Webster or the other one, but um, it's modern religion is, um, where the beliefs and activities um, are not from the main current religion, like Christianity. And so it's really going back to, so the modern day, we're in the modern day paganism, basically. Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, paganism, and what's interesting what you were talking about, because paganism used to embrace all the natural things, like occurrences, like the sun rising and, and setting in the stars and um, all all around Mother Nature, which is the Canaanites had that feast whole yeah. situation. Like that was paganism to to a T. And um, you know th- there was rituals like um, eating people, but it's interesting now because we're in neo paganism. So that paganism was before, basically before Christianity hit mm-hmm. the scene. And then it faded away as Christianity took over. Yep. Like, and now neo-paganism, we're circling back to it. And um, it's kind of like um, with a superpower of evil, like it's even worse. You think in the, you know, people think in the biblical days, it was way worse, like sacrificing babies to Baal and um, Moloch or whatever and, mm-hmm. and um, eating people. But like, you don't see that we're doing the same things, but it's just cleaner and um, more ex- 
acceptable. And like, I feel like that's worse. Like, yeah. But, <laughs> well, it can, it's definitely but, um, on a, a, like a greater scale. I mean, the human sacrifices yeah. of the babies, the, uh, that Molech, if you think about mm-hmm. abortion, the numbers are ridiculous worldwide. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. hundreds yeah. of millions of babies are murdered to Molech. Yeah. And it's all like, like clean, like it's all mm-hmm. like accepted. And, um, uh, so anyway, so what's happening with neo-paganism now, and now that paganism is resurfacing and growing in movement, um, we see that it's changing in um, that it's accepting the unnatural, which it, like it's very much accepting of the LGBT trans narrative, mm-hmm. the agenda with that. Like it's accepting that now, which. Um, I think it's it's I think it's shift gears in a lot of ways in that like in that sense like um, I know that like back in the paganism world like like um, like one of the seven churches in Revelation actually there was a, there was one of them that had a culture that was really having a an issue with men dressing up uh, dressing up as women oh. but it was more of an art situation like a theater situation it wasn't it wasn't how it is today right that like oh no you are a woman or no you are a man like we have to call you that now and so um anyway neo-paganism is accepting accepting of that when it i did not necessarily was wasn't that way before right well Um, a lot of the paganism um it's the it's the divine feminine and masculine and so they mm -hmm, want to tap into those things and there's a merging of them so, so they would, yeah. they would even say that God is both male and female. And mm-hmm. I even heard, this is ridiculous, but I even heard it described as that God said that he made Adam in his image, but then it says in the next, in the next, um, like there's like two creation accounts, right? Like right in a row, Genesis two and three. And, and it basically mm-hmm. says, or one and two, I'm sorry. And he says, he says that he made them male and female in his image. So people will use that part to say, to say, Oh no, we're all, you know, like, yes, of course women. But if you know the structure, it's that God made Adam in his image. And then he made Eve out of the rib of Adam and still Mm -hmm. in his image, but not in the same way. It's a different, it's a different way. Yeah. So the Mm -hmm. paganism takes that, the sun and the moon, right? The nature worshiping the, the sun is the masculine, yeah. the moon is the feminine, right? And it puts them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to um, do one more in verse in Genesis 9. Um, it says, well, 9-3, after the flood, it said that every, God, God was basically saying that we, that we can eat meat. Mm-hmm. So there, there you have it. Like. <laughs> Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. <laughs> um, but then um, you go down, and but it says it clearly states that like, but this does not mean men, um, like humans. Um, in verse six, whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. So it's like doing a warning, like, hey, you can have all of, like all the food. Um, please don't eat humans. 
please. Jeff says, um, don't eat the humans. <laughs> In fact, he says, <laughs> do the opposite. Let's go ahead and be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> right, exactly. Right after that, let's be fruitful and multiply. Um, so that was basically, you know, from the Bible perspective. I feel like I had one more thing to say. In well, scripture, and I is, hope it pops in my head again. Leviticus talks about there's life in the blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's important. That's an important one. And yeah. even the uh, when you get into into Acts chapter, um, I think eleven, when they do the count the Jerusalem Council, and they talk about mm-hmm. how the order of Gentiles are not supposed to eat the the meat from strangled. So it's like how it's properly been. Mm-hmm you know, killed or, and they're also not supposed to drink the blood, you know, of, yeah. of the mm-hmm. animals even. So yeah, like God's consistently like from Genesis all the way through, you know, to even into the new Testament era, mm-hmm. like, Hey, let's keep this mm-hmm. the way it needs to be. And yeah. And I feel like, I feel like this should be like a, a known thing. Like I, I'd say the majority of Christians are on the same page here. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that um, we shouldn't eat humans. Um, I know that some of them believe we shouldn't eat animals, but right there it says we can. Um, but all yeah. in all is what I'm... Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, our, our vegan friends will be happy to know, it, our vegan believers, okay, and, which there are, and it's mm-hmm. okay. I don't have any prohibition from just eating vegetables and things like that. But, but um, before the fall, they were probably vegetarians. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's okay. Like, you know, it's you're not any more godly because he gave permission. In fact, I the mm-hmm. whole the whole purpose of the Passover meal is they eat it. <laughs> so there's a whole right. <laughs> they eat the meat, the lamb, you know. <laughs> so anyways, mm-hmm. I just want to point that out that yeah. and we might even be vegetarians mm-hmm. again in the millennial reign. I don't know. You know, who knows? I don't wonder about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd really like to have bacon still, but if God, <laughs> if God says no, I'm, I'm fine. Um, yeah. So with the paganism, like um, their whole thing is um, is behind what I see is behind the the whole climate lie, like mm. the climate change change and saving the earth because they're all like Mother Nature. And uh, I know that we had mentioned doing a, uh, an episode on that, like the um, yeah for Earth just Day, the lies on climate change and Earth Day and that whole thing. Like that's literal, literally a celebration of paganism. It's Mother Earth, and that's not something that a lot of people realize. But um, when you go back to paganism, like that's what they that that is what they worshipped. Um, that was their god. Um, all 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 things to do with the earth and sky and whatever. But, um, so there's this, I have it in, I think my part four highlight going deep into, uh, I know, I don't know how to pronounce the name G A I A. Oh, Gaia. Yeah. Gaia. Yeah. It's, it's all of the stuff is like resurrecting the, the worship of, um, mother earth Gaia and, Mm -hmm all of that. And it has a lot to do with the earth. And if you don't know scripture, um, if you don't know God, if you don't know the Lord, have a personal relationship with him, I can see how you want to save the earth. Cause you think 
this is all we've got. Yeah. But um, I think it's I think it's a, it's in the same chapter. I might be wrong of Genesis nine, where he says he will like he will provide all that we need on this earth yeah. until he comes. Like we will not be lacking in anything. And so it's, it's a complete lie that we're running out of water or um, oxygen or whatever. We're like carbon, like cow farts are destroying our <laughs> earth. Like that, that is all lies. Or you need to eat crickets because we need to save the earth. Like this is all of, all of the climate change stuff is basically paganism wrapped up. Yeah. Like in, um, and basically Satan mimicking God mm-hmm. in a bunch of that stuff too. Um, so talking about saving the earth, <laughs> um, <laughs> government, governor Newsom, um, signed oh. a bill. Oh, shoot, I think it was like, well, he was trying to push a bill. I don't actually know if it, um, went through but but to compost bodies. Oh yeah. Like um mm-hmm. so when you're dead, you compost it and give it back to the earth and um basically healing the earth with our bodies, like feeding the earth with it. Um and this was like a like climate change people were just so excited about this. And you know there's like that those egg things that you you plant a tree above it, like you, yeah. you you get buried in an egg and you can <laughs> you grow as a tree like, it's all about yeah this is all paganism yeah like this is straight paganism um but it's it's wrapped up pretty like you don't realize it until you know these things you know yeah um well uh the neo-paganism was predicted when the apostle paul wrote to timothy when he talked in and also mm-hmm. in romans he, he talks about it how we're they'll worship the creation rather than the creator and uh mm-hmm. and it's a delusion right it comes through deception like yeah. they believe a lie so they believe a lie and then mm-hmm. their affections are hardened and turned and it's and so now they're gonna go to the worship the planet rather than the one who created it and that's exactly what we're seeing happen exactly and that is exactly what that's so crazy the, the prophecies are being like straight fulfilled right before I. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be more than cannibalism though. Cause we're, and we are seeing it. It's, it's all kinds of, you know, abominations in the eyes of God that all mm-hmm. fall short to what he wants for mankind and what he offers. That's what's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with the whole composting thing of human bodies, I wanted to bring up, um, have you heard of Soylent Green, the movie? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, <laughs> I forget you're older. You probably remember it coming out. No, it came out before I was born. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's not, it, it, yeah, the Soylent Green was a was in the movie. And um, I can't recall the name of the movie right now. People are probably screaming at it, but at the at their phone listening to this. But <laughs> Yeah, Soil and Green, yes. Go ahead. It, but it was a 1969 mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so mine says the one, maybe there was a remake, I don't know, oh. but it was 1973. Oh, okay. Um, okay, I was uh, born, but I was two. So, okay. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so the the front of it says, and I watched it because I just needed to see, like, you know me, I've <laughs> I watched things just to see what narrative Satan is doing. I believe if you haven't listened to the other episodes, I have this theory that Satan, you know, he has to mimic everything and he has to mimic God's prophecies. And I believe he puts those out through Hollywood. Yes. Um, and I need to apologize. So, I, made, I made a huge mistake before you go on. It was not Stanley Kubrick, yeah. and it was named Soylent Green. And I remember people talking about it when I was a kid. But okay, and the the director apparently was uh, Richard Fleischer, so star, okay. starring Charlton Heston. Well, yes, Charlton Heston. It's the cheesiest thing, and um, really hard to get through. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll show all the the. Like front of this advertisement for the movie, it says it's the year 2022. People are still the same. They'll do anything to get what they need and they need Soylent Green. <laughs> so 2022. Wow. I didn't realize that's that was when it was set was in 2022. That's what, yeah. So here we are in 2022 talking about, composting bodies when i mean i'll just spoiler alert i mean if you want to go watch the movie plug your ears right now um soylent green was bodies made into food Mm -hmm. um these like soylent green they looked like kind of like like cookies i don't know i couldn't really (laughs) understand it but um but everybody went bonkers for them because like everybody's poor and like, it was like a food, like the, you know how the, like the, the, the food places where you go and get the food, um, for free. I'm forgetting. But, yeah, um, yeah. I can't think of it either, yeah, but it's I like know. That, like <laughs> <laughs> government run like food handouts. And, um, when it was gone, it was gone. It was like full chaos in the city when it was gone. And, um, and they did not realize that it was, um, humans that they were eating. And, um, this is like the main character goes and goes to the factory and realizes that it is in fact humans that they're eating. And it's just, um, that's why I say I will never eat beyond meat. (laughs) But um, so just letting you know, though, I what? think I think Soylent Green was predictive programming because it, yeah. it deals with two things that are like front and foremost on all of the globalist agenda. One is overpopulation and the other is climate because it's it's mm-hmm. um, overpopulation and pollute pollution. So there's no natural resources okay. for food. So because of, you know, mm-hmm. we're too populated and. Right, they were killing the old people, like, um, <laughs> they're like doing they that. were like <laughs> killing. <laughs> exactly, they're yeah, they're killing off the old people, and it looked like, um, like so, if someone got sick or something like that, they'd come like pick up the the person, and and it, the the guy looked and like they go into this room, and it's like, um, like the serene like screens that you can be surrounded by whatever you want to be surrounded by, mm. and you like drift fully to sleep i'm not sure how that would that would end up happening with like the masses of people they were killing but um that's what they portrayed in the movie (laughs) but um 
excuse me, um, last year there was this plant-based burger. I don't remember where it came from, like who made it. Um, but the, it won an award, mm-hmm. but it was all over the media that this burger, someone had mentioned that it tastes like human flesh. Oh, wow. Awesome. First of all, who tasted it and knew that it tasted like human flesh? I'd want to know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, who yeah, said how do you it know that? tastes familiar? Right. <laughs> but, um, but it, like, so here's the thing, though, is that, I, like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe there isn't actual human flesh in this. But the, what, what the point is, is that they're trying, they're, with every idea that they do, they're desensitizing us. Yeah. Like, you're, like, straight up desensitizing. So that's what, Soylent Green, desensitizing. Um, like, they did that with aliens, E.T., and, like, all the different ones ever since yeah. the 1950s. Um, when Roswell happened, but, um, so they just want to plant no matter what it's about, like the article or the movie, um, or the show, whatever, like no matter if it's violent or, or good, they want the idea in your head. Yeah. Um, but, but I will say that I have seen the, the cannibalism thing get, um, more, and more romanticized than violent. Like it's getting, it's going that way mm-hmm. and less the other way. Like, um, I mean, first we got like, like, so the silence of the lambs, I've actually never, did you ever watch that? Oh yeah. Yeah. The stuff. Um, I, was that one violent? Was that one gross? Yeah. I mean, Hannibal Lecter, he was, uh, he was a, a serial killer that, would eat people. Okay. The famous line where he's like, was it? he's like, I'll eat your liver with some yeah. fava beans and a glass of Chianti or something. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> a, that's what he said. To her. All I know is like the lotion, the lotion line. It puts the lotion on its skin. Is that where it comes from? Probably. Yeah. It's been a long <laughs> time. I mean, I haven't <laughs> seen it for a long time. <laughs> um, like I, that was, that seemed creepy to me, but yeah, just want to make sure. Um, yeah. So, going from real creepy to like now, like there's like this love story that came out called bones and all. Have you heard of that? Have you read, (laughs) like listen to that one? I haven't heard of that Um, one. Okay. So, and then, um, and then there is one that's called raw, which, um, that had come out and it's, it's like, I, I read some of the, like the reviews and like what happened with it. And it only like was released to, um, a certain amount of people and it it got people throwing up and leaving nice. the theater. Awesome. Wow. <laughs> That's repulsive. <laughs> but but um but anyway, so and there's like uh, there's a one another one, yellow jackets where it involved a, like a plane crash. But um but there's like so the bones and all was the love story and then there's Eye Zombie, which I loved. Have you heard of iZombie? No, I've never heard of that it's one. It's a series. So it's a show and it's like this girl becomes a zombie and she li- she works in a morgue and she ends up, um, because she turns zombie. Um, <laughs> oh wait, was this a series? Living in a morgue. She, 
Was it a series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rem- that came out like in like what the early two thousands, maybe. Yeah, I was I was a fan. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought it was pretty clever. Like she eats the brains, and she um, gets wisdom from it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, geez, of course. <laughs> so like she's like solving she's solving crimes and oh, all of this man. stuff because she gets this wisdom and. Um, like she gets to see the people's um, like life and memories and all of that stuff okay. too. So it's just, it's clever. Yeah. Um, it's clever. But it's, it's clever, but like, I didn't like back then me watching it, I didn't realize like this is they're really, there's the whole agenda here. <laughs> right. But um, what's really interesting is that she loved the brains with hot sauce. <laughs> Okay. Is there, is there some message about the hot sauce or is it just hot sauce? Okay. So there's this, there's this thing about hot sauce, which I mean, if you just go down, I, I, I used to be one that went down a lot of rabbit holes. I don't do so much anymore, but you know, the adrenochrome people believe that hot sauce is a symbolism for blood. Oh, like the adrenochrome. Oh yeah. And so like Hillary Clinton, keeps hot sauce in her purse and she jokes mm. about it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of hot sauce references with celebrities and um, even hot ones. My, my husband loves that show, but it's like all revolving around hot sauce <laughs> and they're, they're, have you heard of hot ones? Hot one? No, I've never heard of it. Oh my gosh. This guy um, interviews slow celebrities while they're trying hotter and hotter hot sauces oh, on chicken wings. I've seen, yes. Okay. I've seen, I've seen clips of that, but I've never, I didn't know it was a show. I yeah. thought it was like a YouTube thing or something. It is. It, well, I mean, yeah, he puts it on YouTube. Okay. But, gotcha. um, it's pretty legit show that it's actually pretty entertaining, but I like the whole hot sauce, like connection just, um, throws me off I anyway wonder, so i thought it was interesting i wonder if um if hillary clinton if you know the 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 WikiLeaks emails WikiLeaks emails where they have all of the coded language about the pedophilia and all mm-hmm. that like the you know they you left a map at my house and there's you know all the oh, yeah. you know, cheese pizza and all that nonsense do they mention i can't remember because it's been years since i've looked at those WikiLeaks. but do they mention hot sauce in there mm-hmm. at all i i don't even remember I'm sure that someone listening will will know and yeah, of tell course. us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, so there's also a show, the Santa Clarita Diet, um, on Netflix. Drew Barrymore. Um, it was super funny, and she was like a, a a zombie type person too, and and needed you know human to feed off of and, yeah. and drink the blood. Um, but it was quirky and funny. And um, what I think is probably the worst, in, in my opinion, of um, of what of how it has been handled in society. This is, and, and I and I believe this is completely um, from the whole plan of desensitizing. Like this is the product of desensitizing is binging on a show about Jeffrey Dahmer mm-hmm. and then dressing your kid up in him <laughs> for Halloween. Yeah. 
I saw a lot of that happening, those Dahmer glasses that everyone was wearing for a while. And, you know, the actor, I saw the actor that they chose to, to on an interview, and he was like, he, he didn't know how to handle it because he was like, yeah, I love that people love how well I did in that role, but that's not who I am. <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. he over, he did a really good job acting because he sold it, you know, people believed it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And you're right. And I only watched, like, my wife and I tried to watch that. And I think I got through, like, two, maybe three episodes. And yeah, uh, I think I got to, like, the second one. And I'm like, oh, like, awful. Yeah. I couldn't watch it. But you're right. People, th- yeah. and because it was, it was real. Mm-hmm. It was real and it was demonic and evil. And he admitted that. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently, Jeffrey Dahmer did become a Christian in prison. I heard that, yeah. So, I don't know. You know, God we knows. That's right. We shall see. But I you're think we'll right. be very surprised on who's in heaven. I know. Right? Which I'll be fine with that. I'm okay. Because God's good. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, but you're right. You know, when you talk about this whole, like, desensitization and basically romanticizing this concept and and when you flip back the lid on it and you look deeper down into what's going on with with the workings of all this you see the hands of mm-hmm. you know the fingerprints of satan all over it you know and exactly it's just it's sad because a lost and dying world doesn't have discernment or knowledge of any of that stuff and so they're going to mm-hmm. go ahead and they're going to just take it and accept it and they're going to mm-hmm. walk with it and and yeah buy it (laughs) and it's like like we're we're under this influence of like entertainment like it's really like just as like um like even like the convenience lie of like um everything being convenient like we're oh like let's have siri and um whatever alexa be Mm -hmm. listening to us all the time like just everything is set up for the beast system and we like we're like, yeah, give it to me. Like, it's <laughs> right. super cool. Um, but that, like, even just, I mean, I have my own thoughts on on Halloween and all the the stuff going on. Like, we don't celebrate or anything. But what I what I also want to like, just because we're on the subject, like Halloween, like the parties and like what's all surrounding that. Like, we have kid parties where you're like reaching a hand into a mystery box and it's noodles and you're like, Oh, it's brains. Like, why is it always body parts? <laughs> like, why do we have witch's eyeballs for deviled eggs? And you know, it's, um, it's, it's, bio, it's witchcraft and body parts and blood, like glorifying that and making it an entertaining thing for our children. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we just, I, it just goes along with like dressing up, our kid as Jeffrey Dahmer. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's, I feel like that's the worst of the worst for your child. <laughs> but like, cause that was a real person and didn't, it wasn't that long ago. Like, um, no, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, there's, yeah. But then there's, um, there was this thing that I looked up a while ago. Um, there's an Illuminati ball that they have every year mm. and only like the, the elite, are like invited to this thing and it's like $800 per person. And it's like, it's eyes wide. Have you heard, uh, saw the movie eyes wide shut? Yes. Um, 
That is a okay. Stan, that's the last like, movie um, from Stanley Kubrick. I know that, and I'm I can say that because I know it. Is that it's, it's Tom Cruise, right? Tom like, Cruise, Nicole Kidman, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's like these weird rituals, and like people are masked and like naked, and it's gross. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyway, like that's kind of similar to what these Illuminati balls are. Like there's like naked entertainment and. Um, just a bunch of stuff happens at these Illuminati balls. And um, there's this picture of um, the cake. One of the cakes was like in the shape of a, like an a actual human being with yeah. a human face like popped in there. And, um, but also um, there's that, I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this photo of Lady Gaga um, standing by like next to this, like tub filled with yes. blood with a human cake and it was um uh marina it's the yeah. artist abramovich yeah uh, yeah um it was like her art which i mean she's completely satanic yeah. um that artist like in it's disgusting but it's like we're seeing this like like ha- like the elites and like the celebrities like are all involved in this um desensitizing cannibalism. Right. Like that's what it is. This is where we are going. Um, because we are in like, that's what Matthew 24 says. Like, it'll be like the days of Noah. And that is Genesis six. What Turner was talking about from the beginning. Like this is, this is where we're at. And then this is the next step. Yeah, that's a right. great point. And, and and imagine what seeing Lady Gaga does to like a 12-year-old girl who loves her music and then comes across on the mm-hmm. internet, on Twitter, Instagram, this picture of Lady Gaga and Ab- um, Ab- Abramovich, you know, Marina. I, I know if you wouldn't have said it, I would have known it, but, uh, but it's Abramovich. Yeah, she's an yeah. Ar- supposed artist and you see... And apparently, uh, Lady Gaga is her understudy, you know, like she's being like, quote unquote, discipled by her. Mm. And imagine what a 12-year-old girl seeing that with Lady Gaga, loves her music, whatever, Katy Perry, whoever it is, you know, at these, at these, mm-hmm. you know, balls. And, uh, and suddenly they're, they're like, oh, well, that's kind of gross, but Lady Gaga does it. And so the, mm. all of a sudden they are more accepting of it. It's not a big deal. They minimize it in their mind because they have favor on the person. And um, I just mm-hmm. realized they call it a ball. <laughs> yeah. The Illuminati ball, <laughs> like ball, the, the B-A-A-L, the, the Canaanite oh, right, yeah. God, right? Oh, goodness. wonder if there's so a there's, connection. Um, so there's, there's also like, it hasn't like, um, come to fruition yet or anything but there's like this thing called select like celebrity meat where mm-hmm. um they get celebrities dna and this is all to like um um motivate you to go meatless or um to have not meatless but like lab grown meat instead of um a cow <laughs> you know regular or a, or a chicken right <laughs> normal like what meat actually is. <laughs> but um, so what they do is they get the, the, this is their idea of getting the celebrity DNA growing into muscle in a lab. And, um, and it's making um, environments like eco-friendly meat for you to eat. And um, there's this little 
thing I screenshotted off of the uh, website and said, oh, it's called Bite Lab. Oh, great. Bite Lab's meat. Bite Lab's meat are not affected by the growth hormones administrated to farm animals. Interesting. So it's all it's all pointing it into a positive light, like that you don't have to deal with growth hormones, which I don't because I don't buy that kind of meat. Um, nor are there are they in contact with pesticides or other chemicals associated with industrial farming, because um, that's what they're trying to de- They're trying to demonize that and making that seem like the only way you get meat. Yeah, um, which is not true. Um, and then the nutritional content of our products can be rigorously controlled. Farms are dirty <laughs> and animals prone, animals prone to infection. Bite Lab is a clean space where we can grow safer, healthier products. Like you're really going to try to sell me just because farms are dirty? Oops. Oh, crud. oh are you did there? You, I'm sorry. You there? Did you stop yeah. talking or did it cut off? <laughs> cut off. Uh, I'm sorry. I was trying to do something on my phone. I was trying to, I kept getting notifications and it was bugging me. So I was trying to, Oh, gotcha. um, <laughs> everything you said is right. And I agree with you. I didn't, I did not mean to mm-hmm. do that. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I did get a message from one of our listeners on Instagram, actually like the day before yesterday. And, um, he, it, it was a, he sent it to me and it was a, um, it was they're using these plants now they're basically stripping out the plants and using the shell mm-hmm. of the plant to grow human dna and so they're growing meat on leaves oh. of plants now <laughs> it was really so, strange can't we just go eat a cow yeah i know Gosh. like there's like <laughs> it's good we know it works and we know exactly how to take care of this yeah, what they really need to do is control the food, and that's the whole. That, yes. that, this is this is all part of it. Like control the food, and make sure we're going towards cannibalism. Yeah. So when <laughs> no, you like, so basically. from when you carry that out to the extent of what you're saying, when they control the food, you can't control what you consume, and so they can dictate what it is, whether mm-hmm. you know it or like it or not. It's what you have to offer. Right. And it's literally soil and green, right? The whole story playing out. Mm-hmm, exactly. There was another website, and I can't, I can't remember what it was, um, but it was, but like they, they said it was art in like the the fine lines, but it's basically donate your dead body um, and save the planet. So like you're <laughs> like um, our, like forty, I think it was like forty meals per person, like. Like um, like your body can feed forty people. Like, what? so donate now. Ew. Yeah, it was it was awful, and you can you can look it up, and they'll say in the fine print that it was that it's that it's all just an art. Oh right. Website yeah. which I don't even understand. It's like it's another thing of like let's let's desensitize people from the about this. Yeah, and, or, or they test. Um, they the test idea it. is planted. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. So they're they're um, they're like testing it to see if people will freak out and accept it or if and reject it or or they'll mm-hmm. accept it. You know, it's you know it's that yeah. whole like let's test the people and see what kind of response we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the few people that have figured out that website were not happy about it. So yeah, and you know, I would say um, too, just on that about like whole the whole idea of like controlling the food and all. I mean, Bill Gates just mm-hmm. recently purchased like the largest amount of farmland in the United States 
for his own personal. Mm-hmm. Now, people will say, oh, I know, but he's a billionaire. He can do that or whatever. Yeah, of course he can. But at the same time, what's his plan? Like if he if he owns the land, right. he can control what's planted there, what's grown there, what's happening mm-hmm. there. And, uh, and well, he, can, he invested in like some bug plants too. Like um, he's, he's got such a freak. little growing hands and everything. I know. Um, he's. He, it's interesting because he's the one that says, "Like we're running out of land." Right. And so he buys it all up to make it seem like, yeah, <laughs> there's no more land, guys. Him and China. It's such a joke. Oh man. We see right through it, Bill. Um, so. Right. I hope people see right through it. I hope more and more people. There's there's some people that are just like they'll message me and they're just sure. Bill is a great guy. Yeah. Like, no, he's, you're wrong about him. <laughs> really? <laughs> the, the, the man who thinks that the world is overpopulated wants to give us all these. Right. Uh, mm, I don't know if I trust the guy that thinks we, there's too many of us. <laughs> yeah. I think his exact words were, if we do a good enough job, we can reduce the population by X percentage. Is what he's, that was his, right. that's if we do a good enough job give me a break man like are y'all hearing what i'm hearing because <laughs> right. this is a little sketch um so there is this company called um Cinemix. i think that's how you pronounce it have you ever heard of Cinemix? no i haven't <clears throat> so um they're a company that like makes ingredients in mass production for other companies. And um, one of their biggest things is making artificial flavoring. Um, Mm. I think it has to do with like uh, MSG and something like along those lines. But um, they like they're so they're mostly in the flavor enhancing business. And um, so whenever you, so Whenever you see the, that word "artificial" in, ingredient on an on a package, um, it's not all Cinemix, but th- they're they're a big part of that because you can hide a lot of ingredients behind artificial um, artificial flavors. Right. Um, that's what I said, right? Artificial flavors before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they don't have to tell the FDA because it's like their secret sauce. Basically they don't have to tell the FDA what's behind the word artificial flavors. Um, same as, um, people that use fragrance. It's their, it's their like recipe that they, it's like under law, they can protect that. So you don't need to know all the ingredients behind, um, fragrance or artificial flavors or like makeup stuff like that. A lot of, I, yeah, you always yeah. see like these people that are like, oh, it's, you know, the makeup is like, uh, what do they call it when they, um, they don't test it on rats and all these things, you know, mm-hmm. or animals. And so mm-hmm. they call it, I forget what the terminology is because I don't wear makeup, but um, I know people <laughs> that do, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the Cinemex company, they're like, mm-hmm. so they make food additives or whatever for food mm-hmm. so what what were you going to say yeah so one of these and this is absolutely 
something that has been proven and published and um, was even brought to Pepsi's pep, like, like a few people that figured this out, went to Pepsi and said, Hey, you need to take this out of your products. And Pepsi did say they took it out in 2016. Um, But um, so which I don't believe for a second, but um, what Cinemix has used in their recipe for flavor enhancing is cells from the baby line, HEC 293. Mm. So if y'all aren't familiar, um, there's plenty of things out there that uses aborted baby cell lines. Um, in research, there's, um, a lot of them in vaccines. This is something completely admitted now. They used to lie and say this is not something it's actually, but you can actually, I have it on my Instagram in a highlight and actually the actual um, ingredients list on the childhood vaccines uh, from the CDC website that actually has these baby cell lines in, in the ingredients list. This is no secret anymore. Hmm. Just getting that out. And it's not just one baby from the 70s, which is another lie that they tried to, when they were like, oh, well, we've been found out. So we'll we'll say, oh, yeah, it was just one baby from the 70s. No, it was thousands. That HEC 293, that means that 293 babies at least died for this one line. And that's just what was recorded um, and what they tested on. There's many, many more that they don't even record because mm. it didn't even go through testing. Um, but um, anyway, so it is baby cells from aborted, murdered babies. I hate saying even aborted babies because I, I think it forget all, yeah. you forget that. No, it's murdered. Yeah, murdered. So this yeah. is the big debate, you know, um, when George Bush was president, this is the big debate because they were trying to figure out like for stem cell therapy, how like all the promising stem Mm -hmm. cell therapy that brought um, the most effective stem cells were the ones that came off of the youngest, you know, donors. So Mm -hmm. fetal and fetal, um, you know, stem cells were the best. They were the most, because they're essentially, this is their, their logic was that, Oh, it's when a, a, when a stem cell is that young, it could be assigned to, it could basically, the cell could, could regenerate into whatever it's put into. So it's not assigned mm-hmm. yet. So, because it's still growing so much, so it could go to a liver, it could go to a leg, it could go to a brain, whatever it depends. And whatever it goes mm-hmm. to, it'll adapt to that. That's why they wanted to use these fetal stem cells. And, yeah. you know, they, the big debate was, well, what baby is going to give its life so that we can have some stem cells? And that was the big debate, right? right? And Mm -hmm. they've discovered since then an alternative, which is actually really good. And it's, you can take stem cells from umbilical cords. So Mm -hmm. there are stem cell opportunities when a baby's born that you can harvest stem cells from the umbilical cord of the child that was just born. They can preserve them. Mm -hmm. And if they ever need those stem cells later in life because they get cancer or they have some issue, muscular, whatever it is, those stem cells are still as Mm -hmm. viable and vibrant and healthy as they were. And no baby gave its life because it came right out of an umbilical cord. Right. So, but they won't do that. Never believe the lie. Yeah. Never believe the lie that any baby needed to be, they needed to die for these vaccines. Yeah. Nothing. Like, I'm sorry. I keep saying the word. I know I'm going to get you booted off of YouTube. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't care. (laughs) YouTube hates us anyways. Uh, 
I know. I already gave you, got you guys a strike for my AI stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this Hex two nine three baby is in um, in the foods we eat, and you can Google this, and it'll say fact checkers, fact checkers, fact checkers all along down, and saying this is not correct. That um, <laughs> their their whole thing is that oh no, it was just tested with the right. baby and it's not in the food. So that's their whole, which I don't believe for a second. Right. I don't like that. I mean, I didn't, because they lied to me 10 years ago when I was researching these for, for my babies. And when I was a, I was a tutor for children with autism and that's how I learned about all of this stuff. And I, so I didn't end up seeing my kids because of what I learned. Hmm. But back then it was so hmm. hard to research anything because there was so many, like roadblocks in the research Google wouldn't even let you look at. And um, now um, more more and more is coming out as more and more people are calling for the research on this. And um, so I don't believe anything that they say, like the fact checkers say (laughs) now, now I know not to, because they're fact checking my stuff all the time and um, hindering my engagement on Instagram when I'm saying like provable, truthful things. Yeah. So fact checkers don't mean anything to me. I believe that they're just someone in their mom's basement that needed a job. Yeah. Um, and they're given guidelines and we, we know that the guidelines that they're given are coming from people that are absolutely against everything mm-hmm. that we're going to believe anyways and stand for. So, exactly. so, um, yeah. And there's actually like, um, I have it on, I don't know if I took it down or not. Cause I was getting, so much, um, so many flags on my account, but there's an interview. Um, well, not like it was a court situation where that, like the father of vaccines had to get up on and, um, do a testimony of these babies. And that's when it all kind of came out. Mm. Um, cause he, he had to swear in court and he said, yeah, like we, and what they, they used, organs from baby from aborted babies and the issue the the even worse issue on this is that it's not a a normal abortion which is horrible in the first place but like you sign that like oh yeah i can sign my baby for science and you think oh this is doing good at least you know and they have to deliver that baby live because they need the live cells and then they cut open this kid and without any pain meds and so it's it's barbaric. It's hor- horrific, and we're all saying, "Oh well, the vaccine saves lives." <laughs> anyway, mm. going back to Heck two nine three in the in flavor enhancers, Cenemix uses Heck two nine three, and that is um, you can look it up online. There's this um, website called ACCI where you can actually literally look up any baby line and add to cart for like any experiment you want. Um, and it will give the whole information about that baby. Like, um, I think heck 293 is a, is a baby's liver, um, from, from a baby's liver. And you can, um, you can get more information about like how uh, many weeks it was. Yeah. It was in the the womb. The kidney is what it was. The kidney cells. Yeah. Um, yeah. It says here. I just I'll read this because I just I just pulled it up. But it says that um, Hec two nine three cells are cell line widely used in biological medical research, 
immortalized through the generic modif- genetic modification removed from the original human embryonic kidney cells taken from a healthy, aborted human fetus in the early 70s. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you were saying, we know that's yeah, not the case. Yeah. Yeah. There's plenty of other lines, um, but that's the one they refer to as, oh, that's the only one from the 70s. Right. But I have um, just, I have a list. And the list is really, really long, but I want to just point out a few on this list of what Cinemix artificial flavors this, the HEC-293 is in. Okay. Um, So Frito-Lays. Awesome. uh, Sun sun Chips, Doritos, Cheetos, Ruffles. Come on. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There are, there's a lot of Doritos. There's because you know there's all different kinds. Yeah. Um, there is Cracker Jacks, the Cracker Jack candy coated popcorn. Mm-hmm. Um, grandma's cookies, Frito. There's more Frito Lay stuff. Um, they have the guts to call it Grandma's cookies. Come on, I know Grandma's Satan. Oscar Meyer meats has it. Campbell, some Campbell soup has it. Um, Kraft ketchup and mayonnaise, A one steak sauce, cheese whiz, um, Oreos, Nesquik. Uh, there's even in some in water. Oreos, come yeah. On. There's even in. <laughs> you like Oreos? <laughs> Occasionally, I don't like any of the stuff you're talking about because <laughs> I shouldn't eat it. But man, yeah. SpaghettiOs. Jenny Craig has has in her product. Um, Capri Sun, big one. Oh man. Uh, Crackle Barrel uses it. What? Ha! Huh. There's the oh the Oscar Mayer Lunchables Jello, mm. Kool Aid, um, Miracle Whip. Yeah, there's. Man. I'm trying to find oh Velveeta Wheat Thins. Um, there was a list of the waters I'm trying to find. So this, Mother's cereal. I thought that was like an organic brand. Mother's cereal. Yeah, I thought Mother's Promise or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I may be wrong. I don't know. I'm getting all those crunchy oatmeal, like the Quaker oatmeal. What? There's a lot in there, like chewy granola bars. Um, Aunt Jemima mixes in syrups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bad. There's there's a whole line of oh sweet leaf tea, um, Nest tea, Lipton tea, Honesty. Oh, V8 products, Naked Juice, Simply Orange. Come on, yeah, the Simply Orange just recently got sued, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah. Minute Maid, um, Starbucks. That's not a that's not a surprise. No shocker there. <laughs> Um, okay, so here's the the vitamin vitamin water has it in there. Powerade, Gatorade, and then okay, so here's the water: Propel, Aquafina, Dasani, Pure Life, and then oh, I can't even pronounce this one. The the one that's like the the P starts with the P and it's sparkly. Um, uh, Propel? No, not Propel. You just said that, didn't you? No, P E R R I E R. Oh, Perrier. That one. Yeah, yeah. Is that the sparkle one? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, sparkling. And then oh, a lot of a lot of the Pepsi products, which they have said 
and the Coca-Cola products like Barks Root Beer. I don't see Coke on here. Um, like, okay, there is Coke, but not like Coca-Cola One or anything. Um, Sprite, Barks Root Beer, Mog Root Beer, Mountain Dew, Sierra Mist, and Pepsi, and 7-Up at Brisk. So, yeah, that's, that's I'll stop there because <laughs> I won't go through the whole list. Well, if you're like me and you hear that list, you're probably getting a little discouraged about, <clears throat> you know, because my mind goes to, well, they're spraying the skies and they're putting stuff in the water mm-hmm. and in our food. And so I can't breathe. I can't drink. I can't eat without getting in some kind of contact with all this trash, you know, and this evil mm-hmm. stuff that's going on. And I'm always reminded of the Gospel of Mark when Jesus, in his last mm-hmm. words in the Gospel of Mark, this is what he says, and I'll read it. It's Mark 16, verses 17 and 18. He says, And these signs will accompany those who believe. They, In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. Mm-hmm. They, will lift, they will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poisons, it will not hurt them at all. And they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. So... Love that one. <laughs> I lump that in the deadly poisons with all this nonsense that we're talking about because mm-hmm. it is a poison. It's not natural. It's not from God, and it's not wanted from God. And mm-hmm. obviously, as we there's some kind of agenda satanically that's at the root of all this stuff, you know? Right. And it, yeah, I'm I'm always saying to like do your best, and <laughs> but like that I'm not going to sit here and like you can't stress out about it you just know that like i hope that people are just aware of it like aware of the times we are in you know like they're pushing cannibalism and they're putting babies in food okay like that (laughs) can we just say that we're in the end times that they that they warned us about and and be aware and alert and spread the gospel because jesus is coming back soon yeah and that's that's our mission here. And don't be surprised if you end up casting demons out of some people, because that might happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a rise of that happening right now, I know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's so much, like, there's so much demonic, like, influence I see in people. Like, you can, I don't know if everybody can feel that way. Like, I can see it in people's eyes. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's so awful. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. People are so lost. But God's greater, and and the truth will set you free. And you know that's mm-hmm. that's the bottom line on this whole thing, you know. Yeah. But. And poking holes into people's like um, like worldviews that they have. Like, I hope people like if you're a Christian, you're listening to this. I hope that you like warn others. Yeah. And and that's like there's so many people that have come onto my page on Instagram and like, Oh wow, I didn't realize that. And when you know better, you do better, but you also like the biggest thing is that you realize that you've been lied to and you see the other lies and you're not so deceived, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's, that's the whole goal here. (laughs) Why I say these things is that you can see the lies for what they are. Yeah. A hundred percent. And uh, I think that um, part of, you know, what we do here is we just unmask the lies and we try and show like where things are just overlooked or maybe not noticed. And, you know, we try and kind of mm-hmm. bring light, shed light on them uh, for the days and age we live. And this is without a doubt the days of Noah. We're in it, man. We're living in it. And 
mm-hmm. examine what was going on there, compare it to what you see in the world today, and you will not be surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, and the more you start looking, the more exactly. you start seeing. And but don't be discouraged. Mm-hmm. This is the thing: is that you know Jesus said it perfectly. He says, you know, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart; I have overcome the world. And so we're gonna we're gonna face difficulties. We're gonna face these things and see them. But the promise is that Jesus has already overcome them. So rather than mm-hmm. being overwhelmed with what you see and what you're, the world we're living in, let's run to the one who's the answer and just rest in him, mm-hmm. you know, rest in his provision yeah. and his promise. You know, like you said, he told Noah, everything you're going to need, I'm going to provide. You know, I know the planet's yeah. pretty messed up right now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> talk about like a, a person who's in love with the planet. Go back and read the flood, you know, narrative in Genesis, you know, ten or nine or whatever, and and uh, <laughs> it'll change your whole worldview, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you got anything else you wanted to throw into with that one? That was it. That's all I got today. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, pardon the pun. That's a lot to chew on for you guys. Uh, <laughs> Anybody listening? Yeah. I'm sure that there's more that we've missed and other things that people could add. And, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it's just good to be aware of these things. And um, so we've got some great other episodes coming down the road. And I do want to say this, too, in terms of mm-hmm. censorship. I've never mentioned this before, and I probably should have at the front of the episode rather than, you know, an hour in. But um, if you want to <laughs> avoid any censorship of this podcast you can listen to us on a podcasting 2.0 app and podcasting 2.0 is um it's been around for a while but we recommend that you it'll just totally sync up when you buy when you get one of their apps download it from the app store even if apple decides to like take us off you know from the podcast server because they don't like something we say in here um podcasting 2.0 will always carry us so whether it's youtube that censors us or apple or spotify we've gotten little dings on spotify i don't think they've removed any of our podcast episodes but they definitely Mm -hmm. put a warning on them as you scroll through the episodes um yeah it's yeah it's especially when it comes to covid but with Mm -hmm. podcasting 2.0 you don't have to worry about any of that and um it's it's definitely a great system it's growing more and more people are especially in our communities of podcast you know realms people are discovering it mm-hmm. and um, i highly recommend it so and if you know somebody that has a podcast make sure they're uploading to podcasting 2.0 platform so that they can you know get on that database and get their podcast heard without being restricted in any way so mm-hmm. that's my two cents for the end here <laughs> i didn't know that I'm still really new to this podcast world. so Yeah. We'll get you up to speed. Don't worry. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's better the way it is anyways. Man. Well, mm-hmm. Jessica, that was awesome. It was a good one. I f- I'm going to say this. I feel yeah. comfortable with our first full, just you and me. It went great. I th- <laughs> you know, the long, the more we do this, the easier it's going to get. And I'm looking forward to many yeah. more good ones. This is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. So. Me too. So excited to be here. Yeah. Well, we appreciate everybody who listens and anybody who feels so inclined, if you could give us a review on Apple iTunes 
and um, any type of kind words that you want to put in there as well, we would greatly appreciate that because it does push our podcast up into the better parts of the algorithm and we're seen by more people. And, you know, our goal is not to become famous or rich because we don't make any money off of this and fame is not something, if I had to choose, I'd prefer to be rich over famous. Um, but <laughs> but uh, truthfully, we want the good news of the gospel to be heard by more and more people. And so that's why we ask mm-hmm. that you would do that to help us do that, you know, get that out. And, um, you know, it defeats the algorithm at some capacity. So anything we can do <laughs> to overcome the, the overlord oppressor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, if you're a new listener, we want to say thank you for giving us a chance. And we pray that you're blessed and uh, share us with your friends because we don't advertise. It's all by you, the listener. So I just want to throw our little plug mm-hmm. in there as well. So here we go. Well, thanks, Jessica. I appreciate uh, the topic. It was awesome. And uh, I hope the listener was blessed. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, we will catch you guys next time on All Out War. See ya. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. If you had a blast, then we'd love to have you back for another episode. So please subscribe and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at All Out War Podcast or on Twitter at AOWCast. These episodes are also available on YouTube unless they contain a little too much truth. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.